Welcome to the Click Podcast. I am your host, Craig Sullivan. It is a pleasure to welcome Kate Berta of Kate Berta and Company. Mm-hmm. We are talking revenue performance on this episode of the show. Kate, welcome to the Click Podcast. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it, and it's it's fun to fun to talk to you and and, and your your membership and 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 your followers. Thank you very much for joining us today. So, Kate, let's give the audience a little bit of your background and some information on Kate Berta and Company, please. Yeah, absolutely. So I've, I've been in the hospitality world for knocking on 30, 30 years here. Tipping, the, the scales are starting to tip in that direction. And, <laughs> and, and uh, wait, 30 incredible, lovely years. There you uh, go. <laughs> and uh, have worked in, uh, you know, you know at, at multiple levels um, in, in multiple different facets from, you know, working with management, uh, management groups and, and the large brand Hyatt hotels, uh, as well as within the real estate uh, investment trust world. And, and uh, to the point of, uh, you know, heading a head of revenue, uh, SVP of, of, um, of, Revenue, and when I say revenue, I, 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 I we kind of call it at Kate and Co. Uh, the revenue trifecta because revenue is is about sales, marketing, and revenue management. Kind of those three go. key levers. And and when you say revenue, um, people automatically think revenue management, and they're missing uh, the two key uh, demand creators. But uh, yeah, so we've been we've been working with um, investors and management groups and. Uh, and also brands in how do we accelerate revenue and, and really elevating the level of play within those three uh, dis- disciplines in a real integrated way. But, you know, that's fascinating. And I think you and I both know that there are some groups out there that are missing the boat and leaving money on the table mm. uh, when it comes to performance and management. Would you go into a little bit more in depth on that and what you're seeing out there and where you are seeing some possible opportunities because of C-19 and everything that we're going through right now? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. And it's really interesting because um, I I see, you know, C-19 as as. Um, the, it's not the instigator for us to to have to innovate. Uh, it's really forcing us. You know, it's the, right. we've been able on the revenue side. That is, you know, we've been really able to kind of I don't want to say get by, but I'm going to say get by on on you know on, on things that we've been doing for and, and things we've been doing for almost too long. And so it's kind of necessitated and accelerated that need for change. But but here's what's been kind of interesting within that revenue trifecta is, you know, the last couple of years we've had demand, we've had demand, um, you know, and of course, you know, there's been, a, there wasn't, it wasn't too long ago that we were talking about rev par growth of, you know, five and six and seven percent. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I, and, and so in that world, in that world, Revenue management is extremely important because at the at the end of the day, they manage established demand. So when there is demand, you know, revenue management is is at should be at the top of their performance. But when demand starts, you know, deteriorating or is none like we are we are today, we've kind of forgotten 
uh, what sales and marketing is supposed to be doing. And, and they, their whole world is about creating demand. In the last couple of years, we've really kind of gotten, you know, fat, dumb, and happy as far as um, sales efficacy and marketing efficacy. And, and it really left, you know, revenue management where, you know, everybody, everybody understands that decrease in price doesn't create demand. But because our sales and marketing was showing up at the same place that our OTAs and, and they were kind of interacting with customers at third party, you know, the third party, be it an OTA or be it, you know, other intermediaries, they too were kind of in that managing established demand versus getting out in front of it and create being demand. Absolutely. Created. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Couldn't agree more with you. I think that's part of, the problem we're going to see in this, we've had so many DOSs and sales teams, you know, through the good times. I don't think there's a lot of them out there that know how to sell in a down market. Well, you're spot on. And here's the other part of it. And, and, um, and, and, you know, I, I believe in all three and, and I, I certainly don't want to be, you know, Debbie Downer, uh, right. especially in a time when people want happiness, but here's what I also see is that, um, there's two things that are working against them or, well, you, you kind of mentioned the first thing. So there's three things. One is that they've never worked in a down market Two, the sales or method, the sales or marketing methodology that they know was not, did not, cr- does not create demand. Yeah. Um, it's very focused on the purchase phase. The third part is that their sales leaders don't know that approach either. So they don't know how to, they don't, not only do our, our, our salespeople know how to, what we, what we call about show up differently in front of the customer, but their sales leadership uh, doesn't know how to coach them in a different way to be effective in this new world. And so we kind of have this, this almost this perfect storm um, of how do we, and, and we've talked a lot about this, Craig, of you know, we all know that this is unprecedented. We all know it's going right. to be different. Yet what we're seeing that's really concerning us, which goes back to the beginning of your question, is that we don't know how to behave differently in this new world. And so our biggest concern, and we saw this post 9-11, we saw this post financial crisis, is we wait for the markets to return and go back doing the same things we've been doing since 1970. Yeah, I, I, yeah, you're absolutely right on target. I think one of the things that really intrigued me about you and your, your group in particular is you're, you're offering an objective partnership with the hotels, the owner-operators, the brands, with expert resources. So could you dive into some of the resources that you're bringing to the table for these, these hotel owners and operators? Yeah, absolutely. At the very top, um, just to kind of start, and, and nothing's linear, but it's always always good to kind of hear it in a linear fashion. At the very top, we have what's called the MPC Accelerator, which is stands for the most profitable customer. And Love what we, it. Yeah, you know, and, and, and so, so many times companies talk about their revenue growth, but, you know, uh, revenue growth does not mean that they're profitable and it doesn't mean they're going to be around. And, and so really looking at what net rev par is, but taking that a bit uh, further is 
how do we operationalize that and really strategize around that? So number one, what we see out there is we see financial goals and we see tactics. And, and what, we, what we say kind of behind closed doors and, and um, is that we see random acts of activity. And, and a lot of times, again, you know, um, I, love our, I love our industry so much, uh, but we're born kind of op- out of an operational mindset. So, you know, a lot of things being done feels good, that we were right. very busy, we did a lot of things. But when you peel away the, um, the value of activity and say, hey, how much of that actually, rather than activity, how much of those created impact? And did that impact go, you know, actually create a financial outcome? Um, there is this huge gap and where the gap is, is strategy, you know, oh, we've got smart goals and, 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 but a lot of times they're not aligned or connected to a strategy and it just becomes random acts of activity. Exactly. And, and again, you know, they're not connecting with bringing revenue into the hotel. Um, you know, and I don't think they're, they're, they're maximizing, a lot of those revenue potentials. Now, I, I'm one of those people that's adamantly opposed to resort fees and yes. urban destination charges. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would much rather have you raise the rate a few yes. dollars or a couple of extra dollars for a, a cocktail, a meal server, whatever it may be. Uh, but, you know, those are a couple of things I think that need to go. And the disconnect between maximizing the the revenue potential is 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 just something where I think we haven't done a good job. No, I th- I think there's there and there's so much opportunity there, and and I'll say that you know strategy isn't something; it's everything. Um, yeah. Because you know you could call me on on Friday, and I can tell you all the things I did, and they may or may not sound impressive, but damn, was I busy. Um, yeah. I was busy, but how much money is coming through the door at this point? Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. And then the the second uh, the so then the second thing that we talk about is so if that is who should we hunt? You know, who do we hunt? Um, and, and many times we we say, well, go hunt, but we don't say go hunt. You know, this. The, you know, gosh, I feel horrible. I'm I, I live in Texas, and I I, I feel like hunting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be charged. You know, I'm like, I don't know. I got to change my. I got to. No, change no, my no, action. no. I think we all understand when you when you mean go hunting. It's yeah. It's hunting for business. So that's uh, right. And and so so who do we specifically go hunt rather than you know kind of these these broad brush statements of we need to increase rev par? Um, that's very difficult for people to internalize and mechanize and actually set, set. But if we say, you know, we need X amount of rooms from these accounts that can contribute or these organizations or this type of business or this type of traveler, we can, we can start building strategy around it. And then the second part is if we know who to hunt, then how do we hunt and how do we show up differently? Because um, again, you know, with love of our industry, the, the sales processes or methodologies 
uh, and the marketing is is was designed in 1970 yeah. by a firm that actually has abandoned that process 20 years ago. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's I, I'm not even going to go where I was thinking. That's funny. That's funny. But but you know, in it, but he, and so here's what we know for sure is that our teams, um, you know, people say, well, hunters. Hunters are, are, is it nature or nurture? And I will say, well, we don't know. I, I mean, it's a bit of both, um, but given how the, the methodology that we give our sales, marketing and, and revenue management and how we coach them, we're coaching them to be gatherers, even though that's not what we want them to do. Well, yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think that's part of the process, but you know, I think it also gets down to somebody's engaging your firm okay yes. you're gonna go in there and you know obviously there's a huge difference between a select service or a boutique hotel mm. or a destination mm. resort or a big box that's attached to a convention center yes. they're all different animals so you've got to get into the dna on each and every one what their area is what their demand generators are and then yeah, I, I think your engagement between the DOS, the GM, the ownership group or management group is, is really got to be a multi-tiered Absolutely. program so that they're all on the same page and they can all understand it and help one another. They've got to oh. be a team and not the Lone Ranger. You know, you can't have a DOS or a sales team feeling like they're in the Lone Ranger. Um, you can't have a GM who feels that they are the general in charge of this army. They've got to roll up their sleeves and get into it as well. Yes. So talk Here's about what's... your process with the oh. different asset classes, would you please? Yeah, absolutely. So kind of going back to that point, here's what we, um, here's what we have learned is the methodology, um, which I'll break down here in a little bit, is the same because right. the, the methodology and the thinking works. We just adjust, adjust the dosage um, and, and help direct, um, you know, how that energy is spent. So to your point, um, you know, us finding the most profitable customers at, at kind of that core central theme at strategy. Well, if you're if you're a resort, you're going to think about the most profitable customer in a totally different way than you yep. would if you're a select serve in, in, in you know, um, uh, you know, Lincoln, Nebraska or, or some or anywhere. Um, and so here's what we've learned is, is the methodology works uh, and where the it's this and, and the approach to strategy and the approach to customers works. Um, however, um, however, they we, we give framework and they bring, you know, we give freedom to the framework. So at the very bottom, I think it's or if you kind of think about the like it is a pyramid and you said it, you said it best at the very, you know, kind of that base level of foundation is this how do a way this is our way that we work. This is the way we engage. This is how we if we're, you know, the Ritz Carlton in the Cayman Islands or if we're the, um, you know, the, the Hilton Garden Inn in, in uh, Scottsdale, we have a common vision and a common language and a common knowledge at the foundational level. And then the second level is kind of giving a framework so we can, we can um, make this 
thinking repeatable versus just, um, uh, oh, I always, I, I always hear it where it's like, oh, you know, somebody has a, a great idea and oh, let, let's, let's uh, replicate that over here. Eh, that one idea may or may not be repli replicatable, but let's give framework to it so it can be. The framework yeah, can be. There you go. Yep. Yeah. And so we give this framework so they have freedom in the framework. So, so they're, you know, it, it becomes customer focused. And at the very top of this pyramid is focus, which is the cadence and governance. And, and many times we work in organizations where they're really focused on governance and accountability, which is fantastic. But if the foundation is cracked or old or irrelevant, we're holding people accountable to the, to the, the wrong methodology. And so it feels good. I hold them accountable. We, we right. have team meetings. We have huddles. We do all this stuff. But we have to peel that back to say, hey, listen, is what we're holding them accountable actually creating that revenue impact? Um, and I think a perfect example of that is, is um, you know, having an activity-based having an activity-based benchmarking or, you know, well, we have to make X amount of calls or, now I agree with that, but that's only a measure. To a degree, of but yeah, right. it's, not the whole, it's not the whole day, okay? Right. And, and yeah, I, I, when I was working sales before, I loved cold calls, okay? Yeah. If I went into somebody's office and I had three doors shut in my face out of 27, I had the other 25 that I got to talk to or, or 28, uh, you know, I, I had the others to talk to. So I was ahead of the game. I enjoyed yeah. cold calling. Um, but so let me, let me see if I've got this right. Okay. So your, yeah. your, your triangle is foundation, framework, and focus. That's right. Okay. Yeah. See, I do catch on fairly quickly in the morning. Hey, you're doing just great. Exactly. And we do that, we, we uh, not to complexify this, because our whole goal is bring simplicity to complexity. But if you were to look at that four-sided triangle, if you have that in your mind's eye, there's four points of, of, of that triangle that we work on. Uh, yep. Two of them that we already talked about. One is that science and strategy. So let's have a foundation that all of us align around the strategy. The second part of, uh, or the second side of that mystical pyramid that I speak of is, you know, how do we engage? Um, how do we show up in front of the customer? And then the third is actually talent optimization. So, so how do we develop, how are we developing our sales and marketing people um, from a developing to experience, to even mastery, um, that's based upon uh, sales and marketing, the sales and marketing um, uh, discipline. Love it. I love it. You're giving the, the you know the team the chance to shine and perform. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Like the 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 <laughs> talent. You know, we took a look at um, how much money is being paid. Uh, annually at, uh, at, a, at you know, your management level and higher as they keep on developing their craft. And the per, and of course, this is across, uh, this is across you know, uh, um, a large, a large uh, sample size, but the average money spent was $73 um, in talent development. And so it's kind of like, you know, we hire we, we, we hire, you know, we, we get a great skier. Um, we don't give them development, you know, 
subsidize their development. We don't do their coaching. And then we expect them to race Lindsey Vaughn and win. And so, I, and so yeah, I think, I, that's a great example. I was going with a, you know, a uh, exotic sports car, never getting it out of first gear, but exactly. you know, that's just me. So. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I, yeah. I'll take that Ferrari around the bend, but exactly. that's the same anal- analogy. And, and so many times um, we have to, whether that's an investment of real dollars or that's an investment of coaching into a more, um, a more relevant customer experience um, uh, methodology, uh, the return is great. There you go. I'm loving it. This is great information. So let's, let's touch on, on this. You know, mm. we're, we're all in a horrible situation right now. Yeah. What are you doing without giving away the secret sauce <laughs> to get these people and these companies up to speed? Yeah for reopening and to perform at their peak levels. Because right now, I don't think a lot of people have a lot of energy either. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, I, I don't think they've sold in a down market. I don't think they have a lot of energy based on this lockdown. And, you know, I, you know those have to change. And if you can't get that together quickly, you're going to get left behind. Oh, you, you, I... I... I'm so glad we're, we're talking about this um, because it, it kind of goes back to what we're talking about in the, it, um, at the beginning of our time where we're seeing people waiting for the recovery for them to go back to what they're doing. So we've actually launched a program called Retreat, Reinvent, Return. Um, and so in this time is a perfect time for in the retreat, what we're calling the retreat is looking at, we have time um, to look at those strategies and, and start future-proofing and, and thinking differently about the strategy. And, and we always talk about strategy, then structure, then people. Right. Um, so because that, that's just what makes sense. So having, um, looking at those strategies, seeing, you know, looking at that science and strategy that we talk, first talked about. The second thing that we're looking at with companies in the retreat is the restructuring. And now when I say this, you know, they're going to be bringing people back, um, you know, or they're bringing folks back from furlough. The skills and competencies, uh, particularly within sales and marketing and revenue management, are going to be very different in the future state than they were before. So many times I, I've worked with organizations where they'll, they're, you know, I mean, all of us are doing it of saying, hey, listen, how do, who do we bring back? How do we bring them back? But I want to kind of change that and flip the script a little bit because a lot of times the natural places to go with our most experienced. Well, you know, um, you know, Craig is extremely experienced. Kate's very experienced. But does Craig or, or Kate actually have the competencies that we need to be effective in the future state? Um, so that's kind of in the retreat. And then in the, the second part is this reinvent that um, if we do indeed, if, if you, if you, if, if we're good at it kind of explaining what level of play is needed or elevated level of play and performance is needed, we have the ability to reinvent how we go to market and, and, and get people prepared. So they're having conversations now um, that are relevant to their customers. 
Right. Um, so then when the return happens or the recovery, they're already ahead of the game versus being reactionary and waiting for when, you know, the OTA faucet yeah. shows up. Very good. Yeah. I, and you know, and that's, it's easy for people to do, unfortunately, you know, yeah. it, it's instead of being proactive, I'm going to be reactive and I'm going to wait and see what everybody else is doing. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, some of my best years have been in a down market, yep. you know, you know, when, when you see things coming, okay. And, and it's not because I have a crystal ball and if I did, it's probably cracked and in the shop, you know, it, it was just that there's certain indicators that you watch and you see things happening. You're going, okay, now it's time for a pivot. I need to get ready. So mm-hmm. what does that mean? Okay, personally, I'm going to get rid of all my credit card debt. I'm going to get rid of, you know, everything else that is really nonsensical. But business-wise, I'm going to look at shifting my business model over to something else that my clients and my clients-to-be are going to need during a downturn. And, you know, and, and, you know, and then you, you, again, you start seeing market indicators you know, when things look like we've hit bottom and we're about ready to start coming back up. So, again, it's about it being able to pivot, deliver great information to your clients and get them ready. So, yeah, I, and, I, I'm loving this. This is well, great. And, and Craig, you are spot on. And, and I'm and, and I'm just going to kind of dovetail off of what you said. Not only, you know, should we be thinking about how we do things internally, but especially from a sales and marketing um, and yep. revenue management side. I want to know what our customers are doing differently. And many times we're not, because we're working with third party or OTAs or the procurement side, we're not under the tent to hear what's happening. So we can, so exactly what you can say, how can I pivot? So for an example, I'll give you a quick example. You know, Ford, um, as you know, people know, has shut down production. So yeah. if, I'm, if I'm working with just the production I, I'm going to wait until production comes back unless I have the insight or, or I'm thinking differently about how I show up in front of the customer. What's also happening at Ford is they're opening up all their supply chain to companies that develop PPP and yep. they're, they're making agreements. So instead of me waiting for, you know, my, my meeting planner that, that does work in, in the production line, I want to be having conversations with people that are in supply chain because they're working with consultants and they're they're figuring out how to do this. Um, and, and so getting really close to the customer, uh, you know, there's many firms, uh, Deloitte, uh, uh, many, many firms that are looking at how do we take advantage and, re- and, and start investing our money for these pivots. If I'm right. operating from a purchasing, only a purchasing side or a meeting planner side, I'm not going to hear those pivots to be able to react and help the customer. Correct. Absolutely. Kate, we are almost out of time. So I would like you to give the audience one thing that you mm. see where they can, they can start performing at a better level. Yes. One thing is understand what strategy look it looks like um at the for a for a customer point of view 
um, and get really close to your customer, get really close to what's happening in the marketplace with your customers. And if you can't see it, if you can't see the opportunity, it's fine. I understand. Bring somebody in who does, who can help you through this. There you go. And with that, Kate, I would love it if you would give our audience a shameless plug and tell everybody how they can get a hold of you with all of their questions oh. and you can help them out. I would love to be able to help you help everybody out because I know it's, it's a difficult time. So easiest, just email me directly and it's pretty easy. It's Kate at kateberta.com. And of course, you can find us our website at, at again, easy enough, kateberta.com um, is our website. Thank you so much, Craig. I'm a huge fan of what you're doing at Click, and and uh, you know the people that that you're bringing together to have these conversations to, you know, help hospitality be stronger on the other side. I think it's I think it's great. Oh, thank you, Kate. That means the world to me, and it's been a pleasure having you on the Click podcast. And you can take the Click podcast anywhere you want to go. So if you're going from your home office to your kitchen, take us with you. You can find us on all the platforms. Plus, you can find us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And I want to thank you. And if you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can reach out to me by direct messaging, or you can send me an email at info at cliconference.com. And please take a look at Kate's website, She's got some great articles. Hit the Explore tab. And this is a great organization that can help you maximize your potentials. Kate, thank you again. And I'd love to have you back in a couple, three weeks to uh, get an update and see how you're doing. Let's do it. Thank you, Craig. Thank you. Goodbye.